You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. This is a day we've worked toward for a long time. We never stop pushing for her release. Today my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there's so many other families who are not whole. And so BG's not here to say this, but I will gladly speak on her behalf and say that BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home. And today is just a happy day for me and my family. So um, I'm going to smile right now. <laughs> um, thank you. Welcome into the program. Brittany Griner is coming home or is on a plane and should be here shortly. So uh, that is the information we're leading with on the Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. Brittany Griner is free coming home and that is to be celebrated, but it doesn't come without its baggage politically. But right now, I guess we just look at on the surface um, imprisoned for, I mean, she broke the law. But not to the extent that she was going to end up doing nine years. She's coming home, Lars. That's 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 the main focus today. There'll be a, a lot of uh, political uh, fallout concerning this, though. Yeah, there's going to be uh, a, a lot of hand wringing over this. And just to review uh, what has happened here, uh, Brittany Griner, uh, the American basketball star who is imprisoned in Russia. She was released in exchange for the convicted Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout. And this is what President uh, Biden announced this morning. And the the trade, the swap, ended 10 months of captivity for, for Brittany, whose conviction on drug smuggling charges became an international cause. Uh, it entangled. It got, became entangled in, in Russia's uh, deteriorating, deteriorating relationship with the United States ever since Moscow uh, invaded Ukraine. Ever since Russia invaded Ukraine, and um, here's what here's what we know: that uh, Russian officials refused to free another jailed American, Paul Whelan. Uh, despite, quote, ceaseless efforts, unquote, by U.S. diplomats to include him in the exchange. Now, this is what has gotten so many people upset, that Whelan was not a part of this. And uh, in, in, the, in, in, in the trade was for Victor Bout, as I mentioned earlier, one of the most notorious arms dealers of modern times who earned the nickname Merchant of Death as he evaded capture for years. He was convicted in 2011 by a jury in New York City on four counts that, inclu- that included conspiring to kill Americans and was sentenced to 25 years in jail. And uh, U.S. officials said this morning that uh, Brittany Griner uh, was flown from Russia to the United Arab Emirates. And from there, she has boarded a plane uh, to the United States. And you got to remember, here's what happened. Back in February, at an airport outside of Moscow, she was arrested for carrying vape cartridges that contained hashish oil in her luggage. 
and she was then convicted of drug smuggling and just recently had been transferred to one of Russia's most feared penal colonies. This is where you do hard labor. Uh, and, and were former inmates who have been there have described torture, harsh beatings, and slave labor conditions. So uh, the swap really, uh, if you look at it, and, I, and I, if you look at it through the lens of Vladimir Putin, uh, this could be an effort to divert attention from Russia's war uh, effort against Ukraine, which is not going very well for Russia right, right now. Uh, in recent days, uh, Ukrainian forces have struck military bases inside Russian territory with long-range drones. And uh, that is demonstrating the Ukrainians' resolve and their intent to bring this conflict closer to Moscow. And uh, just on Wednesday, yesterday, uh, Vladimir Putin gave a televised speech to, uh, to Russians saying they should expect a protracted war. So that's where things stand right now. And Matt uh, and, and Christian, I know this is uh, freighted with uh, political implications. It's a complicated story. And at 12.30, we are going to have uh, Tommy Spina join the show, who is a longtime criminal defense attorney here in uh, Birmingham. But also, Tommy has worked with the State Department before. He has gone to Israel to uh, sort of retrieve uh, a one of his clients who uh, was in some trouble over there and had to do negotiations with Israel. And he knows the the sort of the political landscape uh, and and just how all of this uh, works. So again, twelve thirty, and we're also going to take your calls at twelve thirty. Matt, can you tell our listeners again the number? I have committed to, call? to memory now, Lars. All right, two zero five three four two nine nine zero four two zero. And this is a politically hot topic. It is. And and hey, your comments, either side, in the middle, whatever. We want to hear everybody's very, very voice. Welcome. We want to give voice and, to absolutely everybody. And even if you have a question for Tommy that is uh, non-Brittany Griner related, boy, that's tough to say, uh, he, he would love to take it. So, uh, again, we're going to have Tommy Spina on at the uh, bottom of the hour, 1230. We'll take your calls. We'll get Tommy's analysis of how this happened, how this went down. Was it fair? Was it not? And, uh, again, this is a politically charged story on many fronts uh i and uh we'll just sort of leave it at that for now but Chris, well, I, I, there are yeah. some questions that i'd like to point out first of all uh, on on a on a comical note damn tennessee because if we'd beaten tennessee we probably wouldn't be putting much more emphasis on this story the story is important though and i am not putting that aside it's important i'm glad she's coming home but i think americans and a lot of them lars obviously to the right want to know what about Paul Whelan? Well, they say that's, that wasn't negotiable. Well, then tell us why. I think Americans have the right to know because he has been, he's a U.S. Marine. He has been in prison longer than her, and I think a lot of Americans. And, and uh, what is uh, Brittany's wife's name? Uh, Chenier? I'm sorry, I'm she, not sure. Um, she said something brilliant at the end of our clip. And she was glad that Brittany was coming home, but we're not stop, stopping our fight to bring the other Americans home. Way to go, Mrs. Griner. Yeah, I think I, I, that was I, just I, really. And I wonder too, how many other Americans are in Russia? Well, we don't know, and we should know. We should know. Or and you know, actually, that information may be available 
And I, I, I haven't. I, I, I've looked. I, I've and looked. And I, I can't, can't find, find it. it. I can't find it. Well, and, and, and that may just be uh, my inability to find it. But as far as I know, it's just Paul who's still over there. Hopefully, this event today, Matt, will give uh, more shed uh, more attention on his detainment, and hopefully apply no hopefully apply even more political pressure to President Biden and others. But but how many bargaining chips does the United States well, still have? Well, why did they play their very very largest one to lead the game? Well, and that's a fair question. Uh, I, I mean, this is, guy is, is, you is said is, Merchant of Death. They did a Hollywood movie on this guy. He is evil with he's, a capital E V. He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. And and if you just look at it on the surface, it does not seem like a fair trade. Well right. Just but in you terms know in of, America we America's a fair you know, uh, we did what we did. I don't know if it was we, too much. You know, I'm politically, uh this is uh, going to be a football kicked around for quite a while. Oh yeah. This is but, gonna be part of the presidential campaign. Yeah. And, I, I believe and, you know, I, I, I think it's a fair question to ask you know this is very popular politically right now, particularly on the left side. So Absolutely. We'll, we'll see. But, again, if you'd like to comment on this, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about Brittany Griner being released and coming back to the United States of America, it can actually it can be about some of the other things that are going on, like um, Charles Kelly, defensive backs coach, University of Alabama, apparently is going to follow Dion. Uh, Caleb Williams is the AP Player of the Year. Does that mean he's going to be the Heisman winner? I believe it does. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm still pulling for Max, my man. Just uh, that game, the way he was. I love his name, Max Duggan. So we will see. But we are certainly sounds gonna, like a, like a I don't know a, a movie character. Well, there there was a movie character. There was a movie called Max Duggan Returns. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's so why that's, that's why, why it sounds like a movie character to me. But uh, I think it was out in like the '80s. So. Uh, I was thinking Mad Max, you know, the Mel Gibson movies. I think this Mad Max was like a grandfatherly uh, figure that came back to help a young man or something like that. But, uh, no, it was not Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, Christian Miller down at our flagship studio in Tuscaloosa, tied 100.9. Christian, how are you doing today? And uh, we've just been talking about the release of Brittany Griner. And just your uh, sort of knee-jerk uh, analysis of, of Britney's release. You know, I, I don't really like getting into politics too much. I feel like, you know, you can't ever really make anybody happy with them. Uh, I don't think people are honestly mature enough to really discuss them uh, the way it should be discussed. But my first thoughts, um, you know, without trying to, you know, step on any toes, I think the biggest lesson here is uh, you, you probably you should be, you know, mindful of your actions and the things that you do, particularly when you're in another country whose rules are definitely a lot uh, different than they are here. Um, I, so I think that's the biggest lesson learned here. I think it's unfortunate that, you know, uh, the Marine, I think Paul Whelan, you know, is still behind. Um, it makes you wonder, is this just a political move to, to gain an advantage for votes? I can't say. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that an American is freed and, and coming home safely, but um, I, I do want to see the others over there um, be treated the same because um, I, I feel like that's fair. You know, you know they're, they're Americans as well, and I feel like we should fight for them just as hard as we fight for anybody else. So that's kind of my initial thoughts on it. I don't, like I said, I don't like getting into politics too much, but 
that's that's kind of what I really have to say on that one. I'm with you, and uh, that was very well put. And uh, I think we're we're all happy that she's coming home, but we realize that there is much more work to do, and certainly we can raise questions about the fairness of this, given the fact that uh, that Mr. Whelan is still over uh, in in jail, and uh, you know that uh, he is not uh, he was not a part of this, um, and that's uh, troubling to say the least. And, and I know that Brittany Griner, when she returns to the United States, she is going to become an advocate, uh, an ambassador for people wrongfully detained uh, in both in the United States and in other countries moving forward. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk to, again, Tommy Spina, uh, a well-known criminal defense lawyer here in Birmingham, a close personal friend of mine, who uh, has had dealings with the State Department, who has gone overseas, gone to Israel to work for the release of a client. And uh, so he, he knows he knows more about this issue than I would argue probably 99% of us here in, in Alabama. And so uh, I'm really happy that Tommy's going to come on. And again, Matt, he will take calls, uh, and you could ask him anything you want when it comes to uh, criminal defense. A uh, question that a question that really needs to be asked to Brittany, and I think once she gets home and settles down, is how she feels about this country now, because she would not stand for the flag. She knelt. She was anti-American in a lot of different ways. And once the dust settles from her trip back from Russia, I, I wonder if her attitude has changed. And I think it's a very, very fair question. We'll be back with more Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. You know, the fries covered in bold Mexican spices you dip in a warm nacho cheese sauce. You can also dunk them into nacho cheese sauce or pour the sauce onto a pile of them and create like a nacho fry. The high today, 79. Tonight's low, 60. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, a chance of scattered showers during the day. The high, 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. New floor. As long as the balance is picked you look like an angel, walk like an angel, talk like an angel. Back on Big Noon Sports, I'm Matt Coulter, also with Lars Anderson and with Christian Miller and Elvis Presley. So, uh... We are uh, kind of changing the direction of this show, mainly because we're taking more callers and also getting a little bit more diversity in, in what it has been in the past. We appreciate those uh, listening in Gadsden, Anniston, Birmingham, and Tuscaloosa. And being, quite honestly, we hope to expand our footprint as well. But one of the things we are making an effort to do is involve our listeners more, and we can do that on the phones at 205-342-9904. And that is where Mike has joined us. Mike, welcome to Big Noon Sports. Hey guys, good afternoon. How are y'all doing today? Doing well. Doing great. Oh, all right, fantastic. Well, look, and everybody's got their own thing, and that's fine. Y'all go in, and I understand everybody's got their own opinions and different topics they like. But I'm, I'm like Kristen. Uh, you know, I mostly you know, mostly been a sports show, and I don't really want to get deep into politics. You know, and more 
uh, keep it more in sports. But I will say this, though. He is right about what you do, and this goes with anybody. When you travel into other countries, you've got to be very careful about what you have and things you're carrying with you because, you know, all these you go into other countries and their laws are completely different. Now, I don't agree with – I do not agree with, you know, serving nine years just for a possession charge. I mean, come on. You know, if it's not a violent crime and you had hurt nobody, you know, that is ridiculous. It really is, okay? But uh, the main reason I call it, I want to ask you guys this question uh, regarding the transfer portal, okay? I just want some clarification. Now, I talked with Gary this morning. All right, so now I've heard that you can go into the portal, and if you don't get, you know, assigned with another school, you can come back out of it. But like Gary was saying, that once you go into the portal uh, that you're officially off the team, is, is, that the way, is that the way that works? Do you guys know? Uh, you, I defer to Christian on that one. Christian, yeah. you know, Christian. <laughs> I, I'm not 100%, um, but I think um, momentarily you are off the team. There is a possibility um, for you to return uh, to your former team. Um, but yeah. in the time being, uh, that's correct. I don't think you can participate um, in any practices or, or any type of meetings uh, to that sort. Okay, so, you, so otherwise, I mean, you won't be playing in the bowl game, basically. You know, like if because I don't know when the practice bowl practice starts in a couple of weeks, but uh, once you go into the portal, then you're telling your team that you you know you're not going to be playing in the bowl game, basically. And then you got to come back. Is that right? Okay, okay. And you got to come back. And if you don't sign with, and see, that's the problem, Christian. You brought it up before. A lot of these guys, you know, they it's not guaranteed they're going to be signing with another school. And then you got to go plead your case to Nick Saban. Hey, you know, can I come back on the team or whatever? You know, so you. You know, yeah, I mean, so you're right. You, these guys are really got to be careful about, you know, making decisions to do things like that. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, no, you're 100%. Thank you. Right. You're now, Josh Smith, our producer, is telling us that maybe there's just not a rule on it at all. They just kind of – which is exactly the problem with the NIL and the transfer portal. They let it go without any boundaries, and now that will have to be addressed as well. I will tell you something that I read heard earlier today – is that Alabama is having some team workouts this week, you know, in practice for K-State. And guess what two players were there? Who's that? Will Anderson and Bryce Young. Now, they're putting on pads, doing that kind of stuff, really working on game plans, all that kind of stuff, uh, not to my knowledge. However, Christian, have you heard that, that Bryce and Will are working with the team as, they, as everyone else would be at this time? I haven't heard anything, no. Okay. Uh, it's interesting, though. That doesn't mean they're going to play. We we have done this. I think we did it Monday of this week. Just gut feel on whether or not those two will play in the Sugar Bowl. Lars, you first. I, if I was advising them, I would say don't play and uh, start getting ready for uh, the NFL and, and getting ready for the combine or your private workouts or, you know, what is, is Bryce going to throw at the combine? Is he not? I know the trend now uh, for uh, quarterbacks expected to go very high is usually not to throw at the combine and you just have the, the workout at your school, at your facility, because you're throwing to guys that you know and, you're in an environment in which you are comfortable, um, and uh, there, I, there's just too much on the line. And I understand you can get uh, Lloyd's of London insurance policy, but nonetheless, uh, you know something bad can happen. And, and we've talked about that uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, but that my expectation is that they will not play. But that's just a, a, a total guess, Christian. Uh, 
I, I know you would want them to play, but do you think they will? I can't speak on that. Again, I, I haven't talked to either one of them, and I haven't uh, seen them up there um, to say if they are um, playing or not. But I, I can't blame them either way. Um, again, I get it's a business decision, and everybody has the right to make that decision for themselves. Um, it's a growing trend, so they wouldn't be out of the norm. It wouldn't be an anomaly anymore. I mean, it's kind of common now. Um, but again, I, I do think um, NFL teams would like to see these guys play, not necessarily to see um, what they're capable of doing, but I think it shows uh, tremendous leadership and dedication to the game and your teammates um, by going out there and playing. Um, uh, again, you do have your injury risks and, and whatnot, but I mean, even if they go out there and they don't play a great game, um, that's not really going to affect their draft stock, I don't think. I think it shows more that they actually showed up and uh, stuck it out with their teammates. So, um, with that being said, knowing the character of both of them, I, I think I know they want to play. Now, will they be advised not to play by maybe an agent or family? Um, I can't say. Uh, but again, I think it's kind of a toss up right now. I, I think there's a good chance that they do play, but I would not be surprised if they don't. Well, and I wonder if they decide not to, uh, does it start a domino effect? Will other high stock NFL players wearing crimson say, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to? Like, uh, for instance, a Jordan Battle. I mean, you know, it, you wonder if it just doesn't create an effect. Well, if our two stars are not going to play, then do other players. Then you got the middle guys that need to play, want to play to increase their stock. If Bryce Young was your son, Matt, would you tell him he should play or would you tell him he should sit? Okay, first of all, you're assuming that I would. I wouldn't. I would let him make the decision. Okay. Well, but, that, but, but, but if he says, Dad... That, would, Dad, what do you think I should do? I said you should do what you want to do. So. <laughs> uh, no, no, okay, we can play this game all afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Did you go to law school? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I've been married. Uh, well, <laughs> touche. Uh, that's not. Never mind. I'm going to get myself. I've already got myself too much trouble there. Uh, that's not you, Karen. Can I say that? Yeah. Um. So, you know, because I. Personally, I go back and forth. I can tell you your know, anguish here. Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's because tough... you know you would want your son to complete, you know, what he signed up for, literally and figuratively. But you're also saying, son, you know, an injury could cost you sixty million dollars or more. Um, I know this is is probably going to sound like dad speech, but if he really, really wanted my input, I would say. You're only going to have one more chance to wear that crimson jersey, and this is it. There you go. If if Lincoln was uh, Christian McCaffrey-like and playing for Alabama, my son, who's now uh, seven, I would tell him categorically, do not play in the game. Should we ask a guy without a son his opinion? I mean, he is a son. I think I, I think he... we know what Christian's going to say, but yeah, Christian, what what, what would you advise? You're just in in theory. If you had a kid, in theory, uh, if he, what would, would look, Lars? If he was a top ten pick, right? I, I, I ultimately I would do what Matt would say. I, I'd leave it up to him. I would hope he'd want to play, um, but I, I would say if he's a top ten pick and he he thinks it's, it's in his best interest not to play, um, I, I'll I'll support him and stick by it. But if he's not a top ten pick, I, I'm just going to tell him, hey, finish what you started. You signed up for this. You know, you owe it to your teammates. You got the insurance policy. We're going, we're, going, we're going to go out there and we're going to finish the job. Have Christian, you noticed that in, in this segment, the first 
two segments here. A Christian has said, I, I really don't want to answer these questions, but he gives the greatest answers that we could possibly imagine. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. And I do have a quick follow-up for Christian. If you fear injury, is that when you get injured as a player? Oh, most definitely. That's that's usually when, when things happen is when you're trying to uh, correct. You almost, you almost are playing differently than you normally would, and that's usually when things go south. And so that's why it's best just to, if you're going to go out there, go out there, play full speed, don't do anything different. Uh, just get rid of that thought because it, it doesn't do anything but almost – I hate to say it like this, but it almost feels like you're speaking it into existence. You know, I'd rather just go out there and play your game, you know, and just know that anytime you step on a football field, even anytime you train for that matter, I mean, guys tear ACLs and uh, tear Achilles doing training nowadays. So, I mean, you get hurt training for the combine. So why not just go out there and finish the job? I do want to make a quick correction real quick. It's at the coach's discretion um, to allow a transfer portal player to play or practice. So it's, it's up to the coaches uh, with that decision. Um, so technically they can, but honestly, I don't think I know a single coach that would let a player in the portal play for his team. Well, one of them's not in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I think we can pretty much uh, we can write that in ink. This is Big Noon Sports. Tommy Spina, lawyer, attorney, statesman, next. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Dell Technologies' days of deals for business start now with fresh, limited-quantity deals on tech to drive productivity. Save on select performance laptops and desktops. Big News Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and your calls are welcome as well on virtually any topic. If you want a recipe for something, that'd be more Lars. You cook, you cooked on Thanksgiving. Oh, no, no, no. You, you took the kids to another place. Yes. Do you know how much I cooked? How much? Zero. I love cooking. I I'm, do, too. I, I love it. I love bread. it. I love it. But the problem is... Uh, it's when you're cooking just for three little kids, all they want is mac and cheese anyway. Chicken <laughs> so, fingers, mac and cheese. Chicken fingers, mac and cheese, pizza. Oh. And it has to be cheese pizza. Like They don't want anything on it? No. Not even hamburger? No. And one of my daughters, Autumn, all she wants to eat is cheese. <laughs> well, you know, in the long run... Pun intended. That could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Usually but, not for kids, though. But don't we all want cheese? Who doesn't like cheese? Oh, I, I haven't found a cheese I didn't like. I eat a lot of cheese. It's 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 bad. But, uh, no, it's good. I like it. American, Swiss, whatever the case may be. I like cheddar. Cheddar. <laughs> uh, do you like Gouda? I do like Gouda. Let me Gouda. tell you, that's just fun to say. Let's say it together. Gouda. Gouda. Kristen, are you in? You just went, did you just say, uh, "Okay, I'm going, I'm going back to the quad to throw a frisbee here"? Oh no, sorry, I was letting you guys have y'all's moment. Our cheesy moment. It seemed like y'all were bonding over some cheese, so I didn't want to interrupt. Yep. <laughs> I have, uh, I, I have been around Christian a lot, particularly with our Saturday shows, and uh, you, you can see by his physique, he's very careful about what he eats. 
But I, I hope you're going to get upset with me for telling you that. But Christian will bring prepared meals to Meal the purpose. shows yeah. because you, you, yeah, you watch whatever you eat. But do you engage in cheese? Oh, I, I love cheese. You know, I, you know, cheeseburgers. I have my cheese on there. You know, if I'm eating, you know, enchiladas, I have cheese. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with cheese. I mean, cheese is actually kind of healthy for you. You know, it's got a. Uh, yeah, some 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 protein, some uh, some tryptophan in yeah. there, so it's good for you. Ask Tommy if he likes yeah. cheese. It'd be a great way <laughs> yeah, to start. Yeah, uh, a good segue here. Uh, Tommy Spina is a criminal defense lawyer in private practice here in Birmingham, and he is a criminal defense uh, attorney on on federal, state, and the municipal court level. And Tommy has some background in in dealing with the state department. Uh, and uh, I'll let him explain all that. He's also a close personal friend of mine. Uh, Tommy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm uh, taking it easy uh, for this moment. I've had the unfortunate experience of being in contact with someone who came down with COVID, so I, I'm, I'm going to test tomorrow. I, I'm satisfied that I'm okay, but uh, now I've let a lot of people know to, to stay away from me. Um I personally believe cheese should be its own food group. That's how strongly I feel about <laughs> the value Good of cheese. For you. Yeah. Uh, Good answer. I I concur, counselor. Um, okay, so tough. when you when you, when you read the news this morning or heard the news that Brittany Griner had been released in return for an exchange of a uh, notorious uh, arms dealer. What was your immediate reaction? Uh, you know, I've, I've felt good for her. I've, I've felt uh, a sense of relief for her family. Uh, at the same time, I, I felt a sense of, uh, I don't want to say remorse. I, I, I do want to say Mr. Whelan's family has been quite gracious from what I've read in the, in the news about uh, the fact that he's still being held and she's out. Uh I mean, let's face it, her her crime was that of the possession of some vape pens, which is legal in 30-some-odd of our states, uh, and she was sentenced to nine years. That, that doesn't diminish uh, the fact that in exchange for that crime, we released somebody that, at least according to our courts, was the so-called merchant of death, and so people believe that to be an imbalanced trade. Uh, I see it not based on the crime, but just simply because we're getting a human that's from our country back to our country. In exchange, we had to give up something, and hopefully we'll be able to do the same thing in the future for Mr. Whelan. I, I trust that's all there are. I don't know. Um but anyway, I'm happy for her, and uh, I think that's what we have to focus on and, and be positive about the efforts to uh, try to get the next gentleman released. I mean, there is a war going Tommy, on. Tommy, we were – yes, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, that – I think the war is uh, – between Russia and Ukraine actually played a pretty big role in this, and – Perhaps it's a diversionary tactic by Putin uh, to get uh, the world's eyes off of what's going on. But um, 
you have had experience with the State Department. Sorry, you, 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 yeah. you, you've, had, uh, uh, you've had dealings with the State Department. You've had to travel overseas to help a client. Just give us what your experience has been. Well, it, it's, uh, I was dealing with Israel, for starters. Um, I had a client who had uh, dual citizenship, uh, which comes with your birthright. Uh, if you're of the Jewish faith, and at a time when he had been charged with a drug and gun-related offense here in this country, uh, not showing a lot of confidence in his lawyer, I must say, uh, decided that he would disappear. Uh, (laughs) Five years later, he showed up uh, coming off of an airplane, and Interpol uh, arrested him. And he was taken into custody in Jerusalem, and I had to go to Jerusalem to retrieve him. And to do that, you have to work through the respective state departments of each country. In that instance, drugs were bad in Israel, but if you've ever been to Israel, guns are not so bad. So they would not allow him to return and be prosecuted for the gun violation, but they would allow him to be released for prosecution of the drug offense. So ultimately, we parlayed that into his advantage and was able to minimize his sentence. And he remained in custody of Jerusalem and uh, Israel until such time as the U.S. Marshals went over there and snatched him and flew him back here, and then he served a five-year sentence here, um, which was about half of what he would have served had he not fled. So it's just a lot of... Bureaucratic paper involved, but uh, on the level that Ms. Greiner was involved in, you know, uh, so much world scrutiny was attended to that. In my case, nobody knew about that but me and the client and his family. I mean, there was some local press about it, I, I suspect. I don't remember. It was in the 90s. Uh, so that, that was my experience. Uh, a lot of Backdoor talks. As a matter of fact, I saw where President Biden had even asked the press, who had gotten word of it, as is often the case, not to report it uh, until it became public for fear that that somehow might uh, kill the deal. So uh, I'm happy for that family and sad for another family in terms of the balance or imbalance of the individual. To me, that's not that important. It's just my feeling. Tommy Spina is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. Hey, Tommy, it's Matt Coulter. We haven't talked in a long hey, time. Matt. I hope you're doing well. And I long hope, time. Hope you avoid. Yeah, I hope you avoid the COVID because uh, I think everybody in the studio has dealt with this, and it is no dang fun. Uh, take a I minute and advise. Yeah, advise yeah. our listeners on on travel abroad. Even maybe to the if you're just going to Europe or if you're going to a place like a Russia, uh, what, what's kind of a, a a quick Tommy Spina advice notebook here on what to do and not to do? Well, you, drugs drugs are not well in in some countries. I know Italy has, which is where I go more often than not, uh, has legalized um, marijuana at least. Uh, but you know, it's just common sense. You know, don't be walking through an airport with an illegal substance. I mean, if you if you want to get some marijuana, 
wait till you get there. Don't carry it with you. Uh, that would be my advice. Uh, if it's available and don't bring it back, you know, if you're going to smoke it, smoke it while you're there, throw it away, give it to the hotel staff, you know, do something like that. But, you know, guns, drugs in some countries, particularly some of the Middle Eastern countries, particularly drugs are, are really looked upon with disfavor. Uh, and you got to be mindful of that and develop somewhat of a zero tolerance mentality. So, I mean, even Amsterdam, uh, everybody's rocking and rolling in Amsterdam. It's wide open. But when you get to that airport, you need to be clean because there's dogs. One, there are dogs wandering around. Now, most dogs in airports these days uh, are sniffing for uh, explosives. But you know, I don't think a personal use amount of drugs is going to create what it created for Brittany, except for the fact it was Russia and it was Putin and it was a war and it was a she was a pawn. In a, in a game of chess, big game of chess. Uh, so I don't think you'd see that ordinarily unless you were in one of the countries where it's like death penalty. And those are countries I don't go to. Huh. Tommy, if, God forbid, someone from the United States is detained in a foreign country, what do you do? what's the, the, the first call you make? I mean, to, to mom to ask for help, or, well, or how does that work? To the State Department? I've been detained. Um, kind of forgot about that, Lars, when we spoke earlier. I don't know why, but my first call was, uh, I was in Belize. And uh, do you want to hear this story? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm happy to tell it. Uh, right, hey, Tommy, was, Tommy, could could we, Tommy, could we take a quick break and then can we, uh, sure. can you stick with us for one more segment? Yeah, I really want to hear this. Yep. Uh, it's the greatest yeah. tease in radio history. Uh, well, Tommy Spina <laughs> with his story on being detained in Belize is coming up on Big Noon Sports. <laughs> The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9 presents a night with award-winning Elvis tribute artist Jerome Jackson. Friday, December 9th at 7.30. The high today 79, tonight's low 60. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, a chance of scattered showers during the day. The high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and our guest is Tommy Spina. He is a local attorney and has uh, dealt with legal issues abroad, including a time where he was detained in Belize. What to do if you're an American citizen and you have trouble in another country? Let's pick up your story, sir. Well, it's been a bit. Um, actually, I had two experiences, but I'll give you the one that was most directly related today. 
Uh, I had a case along with another lawyer friend of mine, Steve Salter, uh, representing a couple of individuals who were operating out of Belize, uh, a supplement, uh, what they call uh, nutraceutical kind of stuff. That's a sports. Bodybuilders are into this kind of thing. Uh, and they go and produce uh, hormones that are not necessarily banned by the FDA. They are now, but they weren't then. Uh, the F- Food and Drug Cosmetic Act has some restrictions on it that disallow you to produce certain types of things. Well, there's a spot in Belize that really is called the free trade zone where anything goes. This is like, okay. And think of uh, Gable Square. <laughs> you know where I'm talking about? In uh, over by UAB, you may not. You may be too too young to know that place. But just think of an isolated spot where Office Park. Think of Office Park, a small version of Office Park on Highway 280. And from that little spot, all this export import business takes place, and it's all authorized and okay. Well, we had a case of that the clients had been doing their business, but it was coming through Atlanta. Atlanta had made a case against them. So we decided we would go down and visit with the clients. Unbeknownst to us, while we were on the plane going to Belize, the day before, the DEA had executed a search warrant on this facility that was making these supplements. When they were taking what they took in the execution of their search warrants, they came across our travel documents, which indicated that Steve and I were arriving uh, with one other uh, young lawyer, actually a law clerk, uh, and another lawyer from Atlanta was with us as well. There were four of us. And um, they were waiting on us, and we didn't know it, so we cleared uh Customs and then immigration was the next step. Now, I remember we landing in Belize City, Belize, and we're headed out to uh, where the reef is, but we're still trying to get through this airport. Uh, when they saw us, they took us all into separate rooms. We weren't like in custody. I still had my cell phone. Uh, it wasn't an iPhone back then. It, it may have been that big old brick back then. I don't remember, but I did have a cell phone. And I was in an office. The other three were also in separate offices, and they just started questioning us about what we were doing there and why we were there. And we, uh, and we found this out afterwards because we weren't able to talk to one another. Uh, we weren't able. I had to go to the bathroom. They had to be escorted to the bathroom uh, and walk back. So you asked, what was I doing? I think I called my wife first, and I said, you need to call, uh, start working on calling my friend David Shelby, who was cousins to Richard Shelby. Uh, so I started working the state senator angle, because I didn't know what the future held. Uh, so they kept us detained for a couple of hours. They deta- there was somebody coming to pick us up. We still didn't know why we were being detained. So we didn't know they had executed the search warrant. Um, and we learned this after the fact, uh, right as we cleared, finally, after a couple of hours, they let us go. Um, 
And as we walked out, of course, our ride wasn't there because he, too, had been detained. Uh, and so we finally got a ride to the nearest bar and uh, started drinking uh, to uh, assuage our nerves uh, and then had a fairly decent trip. However, our client was, uh, I think, after the execution of the search warrant, he got a little spooked and uh, he, he cut a trail. So it, it just turned into what? somewhat of a vacation, but uh, <laughs> we did get It didn't start well, story. though, did it, Tommy? No, it Wow, didn't. what a remarkable uh, story. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you have others like that? We'd like to invite you back next week. Yeah. You're, uh, have you got more like that? Open, we'll in, open invitation, week. my friend. Yeah. I, I have one more. And Tommy. I uh, today. I'll save it for you. But anyway, I right, survived. We'll do it next week. I left out the color that, part. But wait a minute. We'll include right. that next week too. Yeah. Gotta go. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Hope Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled eight billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Welcome in to the second hour of Big Noon Sports. I'm Lars Anderson with Matt Coulter and Christian Miller, who is down at our flagship station, Tide 100.9 in T-Town. Uh, we mentioned this last hour, at the beginning of the hour, and that is uh, USC quarterback Caleb Williams uh, was named the Associated Press College Football Player of the Year, and um, he uh, received 32 of the 46 first-place votes and 117 total points from AP uh, top 25 poll voters, and to to win the award. And I, I think this clearly is a statement, uh, Matt. I'll start with you. That uh, he is the <laughs> overwhelming favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. You real overwhelming? Um, yeah, I'm, be, I'm not be, because down too because because he that, finished but. he finished so far ahead of TCU quarterback Max Dugan, who came in second. He only had six first place votes. Uh, okay, so Caleb Williams had thirty two, Max Dugan had six, uh, and then uh, C.J. Stroud was third. Tennessee's Hendon Hooker was fourth, and our guy Stetson Bennett was fifth. And uh, Will Anderson was the only non-quarterback in this year's top eight vote-getters, and he finished sixth. And also, uh, Will Anderson, he um, repeated as SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, so, I'll go to you, Matt. I mean, d does this basically foreshadow Caleb Williams winning the Heisman Trophy? It usually does, but certainly not always. Um I guess that does make me think a little bit uh, harder, especially the numbers are what me th make me think Williams is going to win it. If it were really, really close w among one or two or three, then I would think that uh, maybe Duggan um, still had a shot or Stroud, maybe. Um, I, I guess if it all 
said and done, I'd like to see Stetson Bennett win it. I, I would really too. would. But I don't think that's going to happen. Based on that, I now lean towards Caleb Williams. What does Christian Miller and Tuscaloosa think? I think you got to go Caleb Williams. Uh, I mean, fourth um, in the country with over 4,000 yards, uh, 37 touchdowns. He's tied for first in the country. Uh, only four interceptions on the year. Um, so I definitely feel that, that he's the most deserving. I still uh, – I, I hate to say this, but I almost feel like this year was just a little underwhelming uh, with the finalists. Uh, I, I, no disrespect to Stetson Bennett, but I, I do feel that Hendon Hooker or Bryce Young, for that matter, uh, probably would have been a better um, candidate in his in his place. I'm, I'm okay with the other three, but um, – I, I'm gonna have to go with Caleb, Caleb Williams winning it. Uh, winning it all this year. Let's play the what if game for a second. What if Hendon Hooker doesn't get hurt, and what if Tennessee beats South Carolina? Matt, do you think Hooker Hendon wins. Hooker wins? I'll just jump right in there. I think Hooker wins. I think Hooker was leading before his injury. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Christian, what do you think on that? What do you think just about Hendon Hooker? I I think that. You're right. If he doesn't get hurt and that South Carolina game doesn't happen, I think there's a great chance that he wins the Heisman. I mean, he was the talk of the town before he got hurt and before that Carolina game. And, um, you know, he look what he's done for that Tennessee program. You know, he's brought them back to relevancy. You know, he beat Alabama, and he's just played phenomenal. I mean, he, he threw for, what, five touchdowns against Alabama? I mean, I think without a doubt he probably would have won the Heisman if he didn't get hurt and, and they didn't lose so badly to South Carolina. But – Unfortunately, that's the way the cards were, were dealt, and uh, now it seems like Caleb Williams is going to take the trophy. He did. Hooker did all of the things necessary as far as your eye test is concerned to win the Heisman. Um, first of all, he, he had building up to the Alabama game, he had just put on show after show after show. Then the greatest audience in the world, he plays Alabama. He beats Alabama. At that point, he's the leader in the clubhouse. Without the injury, he goes on to win it. Not to mention, and I do think this is, it draws some significance. If you've ever heard him interviewed, vote for him. Oh, yeah. Just as impressive a young man as I've heard come down the college football road in many, many a year. But it was there. South Carolina, your buddy Beamer, he's the one that cost him the. Beamer, I, Beamer cost a know, lot, a couple teams some issues there. Uh, uh, ask, yeah. uh, ask, 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 Dabo. Uh, ask Dabo about Shane uh, Beamer. But uh, you know, it's 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 not unheard of. We're going to get Shane on the show here very soon. By good. the way, I don't I don't want to say it's controversial. It's just been Tennessee's poor luck. But uh, do you remember last time they had a really good Heisman candidate? ESPN took it away from Peyton Manning. That's my view. But they just started jumping on the Charles Woodson bus to get a defensive player to win it. And deserving Peyton Manning didn't win it. Uh, Woodson was deserving in many other areas. But then they had uh, other similar near near misses. I think one was Johnny Majors, which, by the way, I didn't cover. <laughs> As uh, a player. I think Majors finished second to Paul Horning. And Horning played on a 2-8 and eight Notre Dame team. So, uh, Christian... I know you're not a NFL scout, but I want to ask you about how you think these players, these quarterbacks who are Heisman finalists, how they project in the NFL. Uh, and and you, you may not be able to answer this because I, I don't know how much you've been able to watch them, but um, just start with Caleb Williams. And 
how does his skill set translate to the next level? Well, you know, he's, he's definitely got all the tools. And, uh, I mean, he's shown it um, with the numbers that he's put up that he's, uh, you know, a very talented player. I heard one uh, anonymous uh, NFL GM basically um, allude to the fact that he feels that Caleb Williams is a generational talent. And um, I think somebody mentioned, you know, they, they like him um, similar to maybe like a Pat Mahomes type um, player in terms of the impact that he can make and, and his talent. Um, so I, I think that one uh, is accounted for. Uh, Max Duggan or Dugan, however you pronounce it, he, you know, he's a, he's a gritty guy um, from what I've seen. You know, he's definitely a, a good player. I don't know if he's uh, necessarily at the same talent level as someone like a Caleb Williams, but um, you know, I can see him having success just with, you know, his mindset and his toughness, maybe like a Mac Jones, one of those guys that, you know, kind of surprises you and kind of works his way up with, uh, with, with his work ethic and, uh, with his toughness and his grit. Um, who are the others? CJ Stroud. He, he reminds me, I, I, he, sorry, just really quick. He yeah. reminds me of another TCU quarterback, Andy Dalton. Yeah. Who has made about a hundred million dollars in the NFL? Uh, but do you think Max is a starting level uh, type of quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I think he could grow into one. Uh, if you mean instant impact, you know, put him in there. Absolutely not. I don't. I don't think so. But I feel that maybe you know you draft him in in a mid to late round and give him some time to develop and and work behind a, a veteran quarterback that can you know lead him and guide him and he can learn from. Uh, yeah, I could see him maybe in two or three years down the road, you know, um, developing into a starting quarterback. Uh, I just don't see him as the same type of talent um, as, as a Caleb Williams or a, a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. You know, those guys, I feel like um, they still probably will have, you know, some some growing pains when they first, you know, transition to the next level. But I think those guys definitely can, you know, contribute a lot earlier than someone like a Max Duggan. So Caleb Williams has has one more year at USC. Or correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe well, so because he had played one year, one year at Oklahoma and one year at USC. One. Uh, well, you, I, we assume that he would come out after his junior season, right? But uh, C.J. Stroud, a lot of people have him sort of right there with Bryce Young as 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 the top quarterback off the board. What do you see out of C.J. Stroud that makes you believe that he can be a real successful NFL quarterback? Well, you know, he's been playing at a really high level for a, for a long time. And um, I think he's just, you know, slowly progressed um, as he's come along. You know, there's a couple games, though, this year that, that kind of left you, you know, questioning him. Um, just, you know, some of the throws he was making just didn't really seem on point with um, some of the expectations that we might have had for him. But, um, you know, he's definitely a, a really good football player. You know, he you know started early on at, early on at Ohio State and, um, you know, slowly progressed. And, you know, I, I think he, you know, put up really good numbers and I think he has really good arm talent and uh, I think it's going to transition well. I think I saw uh, one report. They had him compared to someone like a Dak Prescott. Um, uh, maybe you could kind of see that. I don't think it's the most accurate comparison, but, you know, maybe uh, something similar. Um, you know, it's just so hard to to give these uh, compar- comparisons and really predict these guys, right? Because, you know, there's there's so many guys that that you might see them at the college level and they put up all type of numbers, but unfortunately, don't always translate um, to the next level. And uh, I think it can be a number of reasons for that. Um, but but it, it's it's tough to to really gauge, you know, which guys are, um, you know, really going to flourish at the next level. But um, you know, C.J. Stroud is is full of talent. 
Um, you know, he's, he's, he's quick with his legs. He can, he can make plays there as well, but he's got really good arm strength and, and he can, he can throw the ball downfield, you know, and for the most part, he is a, an accurate passer. Like I said, there's a couple games, um, this year that, you know, he didn't really play up to his ability. But other than that, I, I think, you know, between him and Bryce Young, those two guys, and, and not to mention this guy's not in the Heisman conversation, but Will Levy's, um, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of talk about him, yeah. um, being an early, uh, you know, early pick in the, in the NFL draft, but, um, I guess we'll have to see and keep, keep an eye on these guys. Um, Mel Kuyper's real high on him. And um, I guess kind of toward the end of the season, he went as Kentucky went. Actually, Kentucky went as he went. Yeah. And when he was down, Kentucky was not a very good football team. But when he was there, good. I think he I, has Levis, what, his second yeah, quarterback? Yeah. All right. Go to break. I'm going to come back with a couple of questions concerning these quarterback candidates, the Heisman and their NFL careers uh, and, and what you guys think. And we'll put Bryce in the mix as well. You're listening to Big Noon Sports with Matt and Lars and Christian. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Merry Christmas, everybody. Your friends at BMW of Tuscaloosa raise a holiday toast to all our friends and customers. 2022 was another great year. It's easy when... The high today, 79. Tonight's low, 60. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, a chance of scattered showers during the day. The high, 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. is paid off within the terms of the agreement. So start today. Call 877-54 and set up your free consultation. That's 877-54. Back on Big Noon Sports, it's Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. And Christian Miller talking about the AP Player of the Year. It was uh, it went to Caleb Williams, and um, real quickly, Lars, for the sake of the conversation of those just dialing in big noon sports, uh, give me the numbers on on these uh, the top five. Yeah, Caleb Williams won it in a landslide. He received thirty two of the forty six first place votes and one hundred and seventeen total points from uh, the AP top twenty five poll voters. And he finished way ahead of uh, TCU quarterback Max Dugan, who came in second, and he had six first-place votes. So Williams had 32, Max Dugan had six. Uh, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud was third. Tennessee's Hendon Hooker was fourth. Georgia's Stetson Bennett was fifth. And Alabama's very own Will Anderson Jr. was the only non-quarterback in the top eight vote-getters he finished sixth this season uh, after coming in fourth last year. All right, no wiggle room on this, in, Christian. You're all in. Of those top five, which one, in your opinion, will be the best NFL quarterback? The best NFL quarterback. Hmm. That's tough. I'm Lars, to... you're on deck, man. <laughs> you know, 
I, I honestly, I feel that Bryce Young would be. And you're not. Wait, are you excluding Caleb Williams because he's no? Uh, but I actually, you you, you kind of caught me on one. We need to put Bryce Young in there, or do we? No, we do. I was, yeah, I was going to say, you mean well, out I, of the draft eligible guys? Because Caleb Williams isn't draft eligible this year. So I, are we excluding him? No, let's, let's put uh, him complicate into the Complicate the mix. question. <laughs> Will you, Christian, Sorry. of the five guys we just mentioned, uh, plus, plus, plus Bryce, Bryce and, and I didn't put Bryce in, so that's my bad. And I hope you know I'm so so kidding. Um, yes, Caleb Williams is included here. Okay, man. I guess I'm going to – man. I, I, I want to go with with Bryce probably just because, you know, I've seen him up close and personal and getting to know him and seeing, you know, you know how just how special of a, not only a player but also as a person. And I feel like that definitely has a huge impact on ultimately how you transition and, and how much success you have, um, knowing the work ethic that he has and how he's going to go in there and, and work every single day, you know, Kind of rubbed me the wrong way with the whole, you know, painting the F Utah and the fingernails with Caleb Williams. I mean, I hate to say this, but it almost was, it seemed kind of an immature kind of thing to do. Makes me kind of question that about him. But talent wise, I, I think Caleb Williams would, you know, have the most talent in, in terms of translating. But I, I, I'm going to stick with Bryce Young just because his ability to improvise and, 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 and make things uh, happen on the fly and, just how consistent he is and, and how reliable he is late in the game when, when it really counts. I mean, if you if you if you're putting your money on one of these guys to go win it all in the fourth quarter, I'm putting my money on him every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So and uh yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Bryce Young. You know what? I, I I'm with you. I, I would go with Bryce Young, um, and I would take him number one overall if I'm the Houston Texans. It's just a, a, a no brainer uh, this year because just what he has done. Uh, he reminds me. I hate to say it, but I'm gonna. He reminds me of Joe Burrow. He's got that clutch gene. Where See, when it, one hour and twenty <laughs> minutes when it matter when it when it, when it matters most. He delivers. That's right. Time and time again. And uh, look, if Jamison Williams doesn't go down with the knee, if Me- if Me- Mechie doesn't go down with an injury, Alabama, there's no doubt in my mind, wins the national championship last year. And um, and and that really would have, I think, uh, solidified Bryce Young as the greatest quarterback in Alabama history because he's the only one to win a Heisman. He did win a national championship. Uh, he has a ring, but as but a he, backup. But as a backup, and really didn't play. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it would have capped if if they had finished off uh, and won the national championship. My microphone is your microphone tried moving. to attack you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, if they if they had if they had capped off that season, uh, I think that would have gone down as the greatest single season for a quarterback in Alabama history. And in with Bryce uh, uh, Christian, it it doesn't seem like the height is a big issue because of the way. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, it's way better than I do because of the way he manipulates the pocket, uh, the pocket, and manip- oh, sorry, manipulates in the pocket. The way he moves, the way he can just you know create angles of sight for himself. And then you look at him, and you would not think he's got this huge arm, 
but his arm is just incredible, incredible. Some of the throws he he makes, like it's like you, you can't believe it. And then with the accuracy, uh, which is just God given, you know. And uh, he, he, to me, he's the full package, uh, and and he overcomes the height deficiency just with how he plays. That at least that's my interpretation, Christian. Yeah. The so. When they say undersized, though, Lars, they also are referring to his frame. It's not so much his height, right? So he's listed at, I want to say, what, six foot. You know, he's probably going to measure more 5'11 and some change at the combine. Um, and that's okay. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson, he's in that same range. Kyler Murray, same range. You know, that's, you, you, see, you see more of that nowadays. However, both of those two guys I just mentioned, they have, you know, thicker frames, right, where they can carry a little more weight. The concern comes not so much on the height, but more on how his frame and, and, and can he hold up um, in terms of the, you know, taking the hits at the next level, uh, right? Because his frame can't necessarily put on as much weight um, as those other guys that I mentioned. And that's where the concern comes in. Um, he's, he's, he's a little thinner of a guy. He doesn't uh, have that base like a Russell Wilson or, or Kyler Murray. So I think that's kind of where they're concerned with him is, is can he add some extra muscle and some weight to uh, withstand taking those hits to the next level and, and being a little more durable. Um, but I think he showed his toughness and his grit. Um, if you watched him this past year, man, I mean, number one, coming back early from that shoulder injury and playing through that. But, you know, when he scrambles, you know, you know, he, he tries his best to be smart and, and to get down. But there's other times you see him, you know, he'll, if it's, you know, uh, if the opportunity to get a first down or a touchdown is there, he's going to lower his shoulder and take that hit and he gets right back up. So um, I think he'll be just fine, but I think that's the the one concern is his size, not so much his height, but uh, you know his 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 muscle mass and how much weight he can put on. Does he fall in the same category there as Tua does? He does, in my opinion. Yeah, but see, again, Tua is frame wise. Well, oh, so frame wise, no. If you, you know. <laughs> Samoans are known to have the big legs, the big calves. So Tua has that that uh, that, that kind of Polynesian frame where he's he's a thicker build, and uh, he has more of a thicker frame. Bryce Young is, is is smaller than that. Like I said, I don't even think he's even Kyler Murray's you know a thicker guy than him. Uh, he's honestly probably one of the you know thinner quarterbacks. Uh, probably that would be in the NFL. I'm, I'm trying to think of someone who's thinner, but you know you got guys like Jared Goff who are thinner, but they're also six five, right? So 6'5", and being that thin, he's still going to be 215 pounds. Bryce Young, he's probably going to weigh, what, a buck 90? Maybe? Maybe 195? He's listed as 194, but uh, right, you he's know, standing with rocks in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, so that's, it's tough to say. Again, I, regardless, I think he'll be just fine holding up. Um, if he can add some muscle, which I'm sure he can, and I know, you know anybody he works with in the offseason, they're going to do a great job of developing his body and you know, helping him add a little bit uh, more to his frame to uh, satisfy those those scouts and those GMs. Uh, I think they'll do a good job with that. All he needs to do is make some peanut butter and jellies, eat them at night, drink a couple uh, protein shakes. He'll be just fine. Trust me, I, I know all about that. I, I came on the campus at 2.05 and I left at 2.45. So if he needs some advice, I'll give it to him. The only way I do that is if you're looking at a clock. <laughs> oh, hey, guys, does Stetson Bennett the fourth? ever take a snap in the NFL in preseason yeah, yeah that's that a great counts. that's a that great counts. question though Christian do does uh Stetson Bennett uh does, is he like a you know a five to seven year guy who sticks around as a as a backup that's tough to say uh 
Yeah, and I, I think he'll be in there at least a few years. I mean, look, if he's if he's he's played and won a national championship and he's going to compete for another one, he's going to get his shot. That's guaranteed. Now it's going to be on him uh, to prove himself at the next level. But I definitely think he'll get the opportunity, and I I can see him at least being a backup for for several years, um, working his way up to a starter. I'm not too sure about that, but you know, I, he'll he'll get his opportunity. So right now, Mel Kiper has uh, Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter as the top overall prospect in the draft. His second overall prospect is Will Anderson Jr. His third overall prospect, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Dude, he loves who, that guy. Uh, who, yeah, and he's listed at 6'3", 232. And uh, Kuyper wrote that Levis, quote, a rocket launcher for an arm and makes some wow throws. Uh, and he also noted that uh, Kentucky's supporting cast is is one of the reasons that the, his stat line doesn't jump off the page. Um, and Levis's you know final statistics in 2022 for the regular season: 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in 11 games. But um, and he does have Bryce Young as as uh, as Kuiper's number two quarterback. And uh, Kuiper mentioned that he's going to face scrutiny because of his size. And, uh, and he said that, that he could be the first quarterback under six, under, sorry, under six foot. And he believes that he's going to measure in like about 5'11", under six foot and 200 pounds to be drafted since Seneca Wallace out of Iowa State in 2003. So, Christian, you absolutely hit the nail on the head that uh, Bryce Young does not fit the mold of any quarterback uh, who's currently in the NFL. When we come back, let's talk some basketball on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. When choosing a wireless provider, you're forced to compromise. But what if you didn't have to? What if you could get reliable service without a contract and save money? Introducing Total. Back on Big Noon Sports. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Appreciate you folks dialing us in. And um, also dial us. Uh, you want to contribute on the show, just give us a call at 205-342-9904. I want to continue this Heisman talk because it back in the day wasn't an automatic, not a slam dunk, that if you were the Heisman Trophy winner, that meant you were going to go on to a 10-12 year spectacular career in the National Football League. Well, that that is quite simply not the case. Now, Bryce Young, we don't know. Devonta Smith, pretty good so far. Joe Burrow, Lars, not too bad. <laughs> he's he's your Joe Namath, isn't he? Oh, I could wax poetic about Joe Burrow for a long, long time. Well, uh, we can do that Saturday. <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray, uh, so far. And and these guys have really not had enough of a career to decide whether or not they've been a boom or a bust. Uh, Baker Mayfield might be a bust already, even though it was, what, five years removed? He might be starting tonight. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, he's in the Rams, so we'll see. You know what? I, I, and I wonder about this because he, he asked for his release from the Panthers, uh, Christian, and uh, I, I have not seen the status of whether or not he's going to play for the Rams tonight. But I, I just wonder, did the Rams pick him up in a preemptive move to prevent the 49ers from getting him? Because the 49ers now are starting Brock Purdy, uh, who is uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy drafted in this year's uh, draft. And uh, he had a nice career at, at Iowa State, but uh, he was a seventh-round draft pick for a reason. Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick for a reason. And, you know, the Rams have this long-running rivalry with uh, the 49ers. Do you think that's possible? Does stuff like that happen in the NFL? Uh, it may, but I think this is more so a depth move on their part. Um, you know, they picked him up off of waivers, so they just put in a claim for him and they, they rewarded him, um, you know, with Matthew Stafford being out on IR. Uh, look, you get, you're getting a quarterback who was a first round draft pick, um, has experience playing as a starter. And, uh, I think it's just a really good quality depth move. He can, he can, you know, come in and fill in that void. Um, you know, he might not be you know the best player possible but he's probably the best one available right with the the experience that he has and 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 whatnot so i think it was more so for that reason i mean they needed a guy that could step in and and play right now and he's one of those guys all right let's go down a couple of the heisman trophy winners here recently and see if you guys think they've been a boom or a bust um i think i can answer the question there for uh lamar jackson derrick henry they've done done pretty well uh, Marcus Mariota today was announcing he wasn't going to start. I really like this guy coming out of Oregon. I thought he was going to be a very, very good NFL player. Just hadn't panned out. And just today it was announced he got benched for right. uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, rookie out of Cincinnati. I mean, I, I think the Falcons realize that uh, their season is essentially over after, or their playoff chances are essentially uh, evaporated after getting beat by Pittsburgh last week, and they want to see what they have in Ritter. Is he the future of the uh, franchise? And so let him play. I mean, that's what Bruce Arians always told me. He's like, if you're going to draft a guy in the first or second round, you don't know what they have when they're in practice. you got to put him out there, and you got to let him play. And uh, so we'll see. Oh. And it does. It does look like Baker Mayfield. Uh, just reports coming out now. It, it looks like he is in line to start for the Rams after being on the roster for all of, he all, all of two days. Uh, Boy, it wow. uh, it would be miraculous if uh, if they could w- win the game tonight. Uh, yeah, it'd all be right. stunning. Oh, uh, Jameis Winston, Christian, is he a boom or a bust? I wish there was like an in between category. Can we throw that in there? Because I okay, I I, I, yeah. I, I, I know we'll, we'll I know, call it the Christian Miller level, right? <laughs> I know I'm boring guys, but it's hard to say. I, I don't. I, number one, as a player, I hate calling guys busts, and, and, and just because I know the type of you know time and, and effort that it takes to to, to go into the sport, and it's not easy. Even just making a 53 man roster in the National Football League is no easy task. So and. I saw, I just hate hate doing that, but and I look at a guy like you know Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, you know neither one. Look, the next name on the list, I'm jumping ahead, but look, Johnny Manziel. No disrespect to him, I respect his career and the things that he accomplished, but that to me that that I would call that a bust, right? 
it's hard for me to then say Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who are still playing in the National Football League, starting caliber players, even though one did get benched and the other also was previously benched a couple weeks ago after you know suffering an injury in, in Jameis Winston. But it's hard for me to, to put those guys on the same level as a, as a Johnny Manziel. Does that make sense? I, yeah. I very much respect that, and, and, and it's well, well stated. I still think uh, Jamison Winston is TBD, to be determined. I, I still think he can be a really good quarterback. I know I hate to keep referencing Bruce Arians, but B.A. absolutely loves Jamis Winston, and uh, they let him go because they obviously they got Tom Brady, and who are you going to take, Brady or, or Jamis? And uh, I think Jamis still has a chance to be a uh, real quality player in the league. Uh, just looking at Manziel, uh, do do, do y'all's uh, web pages or whatever show who finished second? No. Manto Teal. Hmm. Now there's a name. <laughs> did y'all see the documentary on him? I did. I saw the one on his girlfriend while I was asleep. Oh lord. <laughs> no. the, the new no, one. No, I uh, the recent one. Yes, it actually was. It actually yeah, was that, a very good uh, watch if you haven't seen it. Highly suggest you guys uh, checking it out. I think it gave a whole new okay. perspective on the situation. Kind of makes you feel almost um, the sympathy for him now uh, when you have more of an understanding on what actually uh, you know had went down. And um, man, just a, a very unfortunate situation on his part. Now, there's definitely probably a lot of things he could have done differently, or you know, probably tried to you know make put his put himself in a better position, but. Man, if you watch that documentary, it's it's hard not to feel bad for him after that whole whole thing, just the way it played out. Oh, absolutely. And I, I could not take my eyes off that documentary. It's absolutely riveting on uh Netflix and and you know, he participates in it. It's really the first time that he told his version of events and you just you know the, the fact that there was all these accusations one that he was in on the hoax which was absolutely false uh and there was accusations that uh he was a homosexual which is a hundred percent false and you could just you can see the emotion uh and you can feel the emotion from him when he is discussing the pain that all of these accusations caused him i, I can't recommend it enough yeah. I mean. All right. Uh, I was a little in error on bringing Brian Passink on from the Alabama uh, Basketball Network, Crimson Tide Sports uh, Network, but he is coming up next. So we're going to go ahead and take our break a little bit early so we can give him ample time. Interesting dive. I didn't. I was just kind of bringing it up as a, a casual part of conversation, but now I've got to go see this documentary. Yeah. Was really it good. one of those ESPN sixties uh, or thirties? No, or, it was. Uh, do I have to go to books. Netflix to find it or? Something like that? Uh, yes. Let me uh, email it to me. Uh, yeah, it's it's a Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's on the uh, catfishing scandal, um, and uh, it's called Untold: The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, and it tells the story of catfished football player Manti Te'o, who mourned the loss of a love he never actually had. Coming up. We'll talk with Brian about Alabama basketball, who, even though we haven't gotten into SEC play, or the meat of the schedule, so to speak, will be taking on their second number one of the year this Saturday. The best sports talk in Alabama. 
This is Big Noon Sports. Hi, my name is Jackie, and a little thing that I love about the Chick-fil-A peppermint chip milkshake is the whipped cream and the cherry on top. It's like a little bow on top of this great present of peppermint. The high today, 79. Tonight's low, 60. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, a chance of scattered showers during the day. The high, 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and we are now joined by the color analyst, Crimson Tide Sports Network for basketball, and that's Brian Passing. Brian, uh, say hello, Merry Christmas, and uh, then give us an Alabama update, particularly taking on yet another number one team in the nation. Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen. All is well, um, and the tide is rolling, and they got a toughie this weekend against another number one. Uh, it's not often you get a, an opportunity to play the number one team in the country, and Alabama will have their second chance this time. Uh, the Houston Cougars, who look a lot like uh, the, the Houston teams of the glory days back in the, the early 80s with Akeem the Dream and Clyde Drexler and, and those teams. Uh, they, they've had uh, several years, even decades, uh, where they have not been relevant nationally. Uh, and that's not the case anymore. They're really good. And NATO's a year ago played the nation's toughest schedule. And it may be that this year when it's all said and done, but a great opportunity for this Alabama basketball team. Brian, I get the sense that there is uh, some not-so-good blood between these two teams based on what happened last year. And, and just to review, Alabama won 83-82. <laughs> Uh, it, it was secured in the final seconds when uh, J.D. Davison blocked the ball near the rim as time expired. Kelvin Sampson and uh, the rest of the Cougars felt that it should have been goaltending and that uh, two points should have been awarded to Houston. Play wasn't reviewed. Houston assistant coach and a player kicked chairs, knocked a trash can over as they exited the floor in Tuscaloosa. And I assume you remember all that very, very vividly. Is that something that has come up this week? Well, I don't know if it's come up with the team. I'll be uh, on the charter on Friday, so I may uh, check on that. It's a good question. That was an incredible game last year, um, one of Alabama's signature wins against a top-five team at the time in Houston. And, uh, boy, was that a great environment in Coleman Coliseum. It was absolutely rocking, jam-packed, and the crowd was a big reason why Alabama uh, was able to get that victory. And uh, I think both teams are better than they were last year. I mean, the rankings would suggest that, so not really going out on a limb. But, uh, yeah, the way that game ended was, was wild. I mean, it was a crazy scene with uh, Kelvin Sampson and his son on the coaching staff. Uh, they, were, they, were, uh, they were not happy with, with the last call uh, after seeing it reviewed in, in several different angles. It wasn't goaltending. It was the right call. It, it was close, and, uh, but it, it was the right call, and Alabama was able to get a, a narrow – and huge victory against Houston, but um, I, I don't know. That, that, that's a good question. I, I know that uh, Houston will be excited uh, to, to host a, a top 10 team in their conference. They don't have that opportunity that often to have a top 10 matchup in your building uh, is always special. 
and it'll be rocking on Saturday afternoon, that's for sure. Brian, I know we've mentioned them playing Houston in the challenge that presents um, coming up, but after that, you know, they'll return home and they'll host Memphis and then play a neutral side game against Gonzaga. How do they, uh, you know, prepare for that? And what's the best approach to tackle the challenge ahead? Yeah, great. I mean, just an incredible uh, schedule. And and I think, you know, it gets I get uh, it gets young players excited. Um, it, it helps you maintain focus in practice. And this is a time of year um, where it's easy to lose focus because, you know, right now, you know, guys are finishing up exams. There's, there's not really anybody on campus. And most teams are playing uh, some mid-majors and low, low majors that, that you're not familiar with and are hard to get excited about. Well, if you're not excited about playing the number one team in the country and then coming home to play um, a top 25 caliber team in Memphis with the talent they have and then a marquee national, another marquee national game in Gonzaga, then uh, you know you you got you got other problems, but I, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Uh, these guys, these players, and coaches are excited, and and I think that's one thing that you know, Nate Oates has brought to Alabama is a focus on basketball in November and December, and that is very very hard to do in this state. Now that doesn't mean that that it's at the expense of focusing on football. It just means. There are a lot of folks that are multitasking right now, and they're paying attention to both. And I think as a basketball guy and a guy that loves football, I think that's the way it should be. And, you know, when you see a game like Gonzaga, who uh, is at the Legacy Arena in a couple of weeks, was sold out before tickets ever went on sale to the general public, it shows you how excited um, people are in this state about um, college basketball and Alabama basketball in particular. Uh, so I, I love to see it, and I love these marquee games. And I think as a player, it just gets you dialed in and focused and excited. This is the marquee game of the entire weekend. I mean, it's number one Houston, number eight Alabama. It's being carried nationally, ABC. I mean, you're talking about major network coverage, obviously. Um, one o'clock tip there. Give us a, uh, give me 30, 45 seconds on what we need to watch out for Houston. I know Sasser's one heck of a player. He is. He's a, I think, preseason first-team All-American, Marcus Sasser, their point guard that went out last year with a knee injury after the Alabama game. But he's one of the top players in the country, and he's not alone. Uh, they are really good, really talented, really tough. Uh, and I think that's what Kelvin Sampson has brought uh, to the Houston program, is, is they are the epitome of toughness, uh, especially on the defensive end. One thing I'll be watching is it's just a, a battle of style of play. Uh, both teams are, are very talented, deep, athletic, uh, but Alabama wants to play at an extremely fast pace, uh, one of the fastest teams in the country year in and year out under NATOs. And Houston, uh, while athletic and talented and deep and tough and all those things, they're, they're slower. They want to play a slower pace, grind it out. So uh, whatever team can play to their style of play, I think uh, will we'll go a long way in, in determining the outcome. Uh, but – a lot like UConn, uh, this Houston team has some veteran guys, like the one you mentioned, Marcus Sasser. They do have some young talent as well, uh, and, and Walker on the inside. But uh, they're, they're older. They've got they're they're physically mature. They're tough. It'll be, I think, a great experience for Alabama. Obviously, you're going there to win. Uh, when you're top ten in the country, you're not looking to play well and lose or moral victories. 
But as a as an analyst, as a, just a, a fan of this program, and the reason I love a game like this is it really is a no lose situation. You got an opportunity to play and beat number one. Uh, regardless of what happens, you're going to learn a lot about your team, and you're going to play a team that right now is the odds-on favorite in Las Vegas to win the national championship in Houston. So it's a great measuring stick. You're going to play a team that plays very differently than you, and I think regardless of what happens, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Brian, I have a little bit of an offbeat question for you. You mentioned uh, that you fly with the team on the team charter. What's it like on on the on the charter? Uh, are guys playing cards? Are they just like listening to music? Are they looking at their iPads and and trying to uh, look at the uh, examine the, the the game plan for that particular game? Just uh, can you take us onto the charter and just describe the scene? Yeah, first of all, um, it's the only way to travel, guys. Christian can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, that's a good life, and it, it's. Uh, and, and I've got used to it, and I'm spoiled, and I'm appreciative that they let uh, the radio crew on. Uh, but it's it's pretty laid back. I mean, and, and you know, guys are doing different things, watching movies, listening to music, taking naps. Um, you know, what I like is is getting around the coaches. They're they're watching film uh, from the time that, that they get in their seat to the time they get off on the, on the bus to the hotel, and then the second they get back on the charter after the game, reviewing uh, film and, and those guys. Listen, the one thing that, that I've learned is being a player is, is hard work for two or three hours a day and even watching some film, but those coaches, they don't stop. It is a grind. They work their tail off in, in preparing uh, for, for this season. So it's a lot of fun, and, and hopefully uh, this team will be ready for a great opportunity on Saturday afternoon against Houston. Always good catching up with you. Thank you, Brian. Great have stuff, a safe, Brian. Thank you. Have a safe flight on your cushy little Learjet or whatever it is. <laughs> you seen them? It's like the University, University of Alabama has several planes. And oh, yeah. It's not, I say plane, it's a jet. And it's, uh, it's one that you would expect executives to fly around in. Hey, uh, Christian, see you. We'll do this again tomorrow. You've been listening to Big Noon Sports. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax 